Over the next four weeks, as we journey through this Advent season, we will reflect on four distinct streams, all leading to the birth of Jesus our Savior. Today, we will start by looking at the humble heart through the life of Mary and lighting our first Advent candle. Now for the reading. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, as we look toward your birth with great anticipation, teach us to be more alert, humble, and expectant than we have been in the past, ready to encounter you in quiet, humble ways. May you open our minds to your truth and our hearts to receive your continual grace. Just as you came in great humility, born from Mary, your humble servant, would you humble our hearts and lead us in humble and heartfelt service of you, Jesus, our long-awaited King. For our good and your glory, we pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you, Fisher family. Well, good morning. For those who are visiting, my name's Paul. I'm the senior pastor here. It's a real delight to launch into this season of Advent with you. We're going to be looking at different streams different postures of the heart by which we're to approach this season, this coming of Jesus, the King. And today we're looking at the humble heart, the humble heart. Let's go to God with another brief word of prayer before we dive into his word together. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, have you ever experienced a humbled heart? Have you ever experienced a humbled heart? The invitation was clear. For the next three years, adventurers, dreamers, and world travelers We're all invited on a trip of a lifetime. As Life at Sea Cruises promised, quote, come on board for a first of its kind three-year world cruise aboard the beautifully revitalized MV Lara. 
The first reasonably priced, all-inclusive world cruise starting from only 77000 per year based on double occupancy that will cover, listen to this, over 130,000 miles across seven continents in 140 countries and 382 ports. The website continued, together passengers will visit 13 of the 14 wonders of the world, experience vast cultural immersions and discoveries and visit over 100 tropical islands. I'm in. When I saw the ad, I said, I'm in. Three years away, loads of adventure, all inclusive, no cooking or cleaning. For the moms in the room, can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Beauty everywhere. I'm in, I told Carly. Life at Sea even shared this promise, quote, we have thought of everything you need on an everyday basis to live your life to its fullest. Even as of this last week, that promise is still on its homepage. Let me repeat that. We have thought of everything you need on an everyday basis to live your life to its fullest. Wow, that's quite the statement, quite the promise, right? But here's the problem. It's false. It's empty. It's hollow. What do I mean? Well, believe it or not, the MV Laura has been canceled. It's been canceled, you guys. It's been reported around the world over the last week. Listen, you will have a hard time believing what I'm about to tell you, but it's true. Life at Sea Cruises, listen, never even owned the famed vessel, the MV Lara. They never even owned it. Rather, they had planned to purchase another ship called the Aid Aurora, which was be, to be retired this past summer, quickly renovate it, and then recommission it as the rechristened MV Lara. That was the plan, church. That was the plan all along, but guess what? It fell through. The sale fell through. Consequently, the Laura Cruz has been canceled. The CEO quickly resigned and bolted the company, and loads of people have been left defeated and dismayed. It's a true story. Said one passenger this last week to a major news outlet, I'm very sad, angry, and lost. I had the next three years of my life planned to live an extraordinary life, and now I have nothing. I'm having a hard time moving forward. Said another passenger, I was proud, I was feeling brave. Now I don't trust anyone or anything. Said a third, I never imagined I'd be in this position. Can you imagine? Literally, and figuratively packing all of your hopes and dreams into this opportunity, into this promise, only to have them dashed on the ground in front of you. That's what's happened to those passengers who signed up and paid for this cruise, the MV Lara. Humility. Humility. In the words of the late Mother Teresa, quote, you cannot learn humility from books. You learn it by accepting humiliations. Humiliations are not meant to torture us. They are gifts from God. Humility. 
Turning our attention to the Christmas story in the season of Advent, what if I told you that the Christmas story, the real Christmas story, starts with humility? Real, raw humility. What if I told you, in fact, that the Christmas story, the real Christmas story, starts with a person who has to live her entire life with real, raw humility? What would you make of that? How would you reconcile that within your own faith story or thought process? In this light, another question before we begin officially. If the story of Christmas starts with humility... Might it mean that humility, as painful and as confusing and disruptive as it can be, might it mean that humility, friends, is actually a good thing and not a bad thing? Might humility ultimately be a good thing for us? Humility. With this, the big idea we'll see and explore from our passage this morning is this. Only the humble heart can allow the grace of Jesus to break in. And only the humble heart will allow the praise of Jesus to break out. Again, only the humble heart can allow the grace of Jesus to break in. And only the humble heart will allow the grace of Jesus to break out. So let's dive into God's word together. Point one, live with raw humility. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord's with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called son of the most high. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So let me get this out right away. Here it is. The Christmas story is, it's wrong. It's wrong, you guys. It makes no sense in light of what we typically think or know of how the world works. It's it's wrong. It's off. First, its setting is off. Track with me. In these opening verses, where are we told the uh, angel Gabriel visits young Mary? A place called Galilee, a town called Nazareth. Now, without getting into a big history lesson... Listen, this area in ancient Israel was not only off the beaten path, it was seen as an ethnically polluted and dangerous dangerous zone for faithful Jews to visit. Okay? Quote, Gabriel travels to Mary far away from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem to Nazareth in Galilee. Insignificant, despised, unclean. Joel Green, a theologian, tells us. Quote, Gabriel ignored Judea the heartland of God's work through the centuries to come to Galilee, land that was the subject of abiding Jewish contempt because of its mongrelized population. Even more, the angel not only passed Judea for Galilee, but the city of Jerusalem for the village of Nazareth. Nazareth was a non-place, writes Kent Hughes. 
So friends, the Christmas story is off. It's wrong. Do you see that? Was the Savior in the line of King David to be born in the temple? The dwelling place of the Most High? Hayden, the answer is no. He was not to be born there. Was this Savior to be born in Jerusalem, the crown jewel in capital city of the nation of Israel? And the answer is, Jack, no. That's not where he was to be born. So the setting appears wrong. Moreover, listen, friends, the girl's wrong. She's totally wrong. As theologian Craig Keener writes, as both a woman and a young person, perhaps 12 or 14 years old, not yet married, married, excuse me, Mary had virtually no social status. In other words, friends, Mary was a nobody in that day. Furthermore, as the reformer Martin Luther wrote it, he, Gabriel, might have gone to Jerusalem and picked out Caiaphas' daughter who was fair and rich and clad in gold embroidered raiment and attended by a retinue of maids in waiting. But listen to this. But God preferred a lowly maid from a mean town. It's rather harsh, Martin Luther. But God preferred a lowly maid from a mean town. So the Christmas story is wrong. It's off, at least from a worldly perspective, in that it all begins in a place and in a person where the odds are heavily stacked against them. The odds are stacked against Mary and this place. But herein lies the beauty and the irony of the Christmas story one fellowship. Listen, Gabriel, to this lowly maid and the scandalous reject of a town, says to the young lady, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Translated literally, Gabriel says to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor or grace. You have found grace with God. You see, church, this word used in the original Greek for favor is charis. Charis, and elsewhere throughout the scriptures, it's translated grace. You have found the grace of God. Isn't that something? So in other words, Gabriel essentially says to Mary, Mary, lowly, humble, nobody Mary. You, yes, you, Galilean you, are the the recipient of God's grace. You are the recipient of God's undeserved kindness and love, and you, yes, you have been chosen. Yes, you, Galilean, you, to carry the Savior of the world. You can almost imagine the flutter in the young woman's heart in that moment, right? So yes, friends, the Christmas story, it's wrong in that it starts with all the wrong elements of a likely success story a poor town, a rough region, a forgettable girl, no upward mobility. But listen, friends, one fellowship, listen. It's right, it's right in that the angel Gabriel comes with this lowly girl and says, God has chosen you. Mary, God's chosen you. He sees you, he loves you. He's chosen you. And it's a stunning proclamation. And don't miss this, fam. It all begins with a person and in a place of real, raw humility. Humility, that that lowly place, that lowly heart, that lowly season of life where the grace of God can do nothing but pour in. 
That's the launch place of the Christmas story. So bringing this into the room, what's it mean for you and me? What's it mean for us? Well, here's what it means. Friends, there's no person, no place, and no past. Good, bad, or downright forgettable outside of the grace of God. There's no person, no place, no past, good, bad, or downright forgettable outside of the grace of God. Thus, listen, if you feel insignificant today, God's grace is for you. If you've been rejected in life, God's grace is for you. If you've been neglected or abused in life, Thomas, God's grace is for you. If you've messed up or taken a hard tumbler fall, God's grace, friends, is for you. No matter who you are or who you're not, no matter where you're from or where you're not, this is the opening proclamation of the Christmas story. God's grace is for you. God's grace is for you. God's grace is for you. And this is such good news. And guess what? This grace requires nothing from us except an open heart that says to the Lord, Lord, I need and receive this grace, this unexpected love and kindness this holiday season, this day, today. I receive this grace because I receive you. Point one, it all starts with humility. Live with raw humility. This leads us to point two, live with raw praise. Live with raw praise. Over the past week, I read an article out of England that shared shared this story. Every year, every single year, the people of Norway cut down a giant spruce and send it to London to serve as an enormous gift, Christmas gift, to the people of England. Felled in the forest just north of Oslo this year, I think we have a picture of this tree on the screen behind me. This year's tree comes in at just over 62 feet high. How's that for a gift? So why do the people of Norway do this every year? And why have they done it for 76 years in a row? Well, here's why. In 1940, when Norway excuse me, was invaded during World War II, to whom did the king of Norway turn for safety and refuge for himself, his family, and for his exiled government? To the British, to the Londoners, to England. That's where the king and his family and his leaders moved and found refuge in the face of danger. Therefore, every year, starting just after World War II, the people of Norway have remembered and given thanks to the people of England for effectively saving their lives by giving them a big and a beautiful tree. It's an amazing story. Now, returning to our passage, once the message of grace sank into Mary's heart, what do we read she did? No, Mary, she did not give God a big giant spruce tree. She gave God her heart by giving God a song. She sang God a sweet, sweet song. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the most high. It will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. 
Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Listen, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. There's the humility. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And then in Luke chapter one, if you drop down to verse 46, and Mary said or sang these words, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones, exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things. In the rich, he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Amen. You see, friends, when the humble heart becomes a grateful heart by letting the grace of God break in, the humble heart becomes the joyful heart by letting the praise of God break out. And that's what we see in Mary. That's what we see as we launch into Advent. This song known as the Magnificat throughout church history, because the first word in the Latin translation of this song means magnifies. This song represents the raw praise of a young, poor, soon-to-be refugee girl who knows one thing, one thing which effectively changes everything, and it's this. God loves me. God loves me. Mary, after receiving this Christmas promise, can now sing with joy and certainty, God loves me. He's come to me. He will forever care for me through this child, Jesus. It's so, so, so clear. God loves me. My soul magnifies the Lord. It enlarges the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. This is the song Mary sings and it is so beautiful. In the words of Henry now, enjoys the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing Sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. And that's exactly what Mary experiences in our passage today. Pure, unspeakable, incomprehensible joy. And it's all rooted in what? Love, God's grace, his unmerited kindness and favor. Now, here's what I love most as we launch into the Advent season. Yes, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at different streams and postures of the heart and how people respond to this good news of the coming King, this Emmanuel, Jesus. But here's the deal, folks. Here's the deal. This grace, this affection that Mary received, that first Advent season is also offered, listen to this, it's also offered to you and to me. offered to all of us even here today. First John 4 tells us this is how God showed his love among Mary, no us. 
He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love because he first loved us. So friends, as we wrap up this message, allow me to bring this back into the room and ask you a few questions. First, do you have joy today? Do we have joy today? Do we have unspeakable, incomprehensible, everlasting joy that that must not just be said, but it must be sung? I believe the Lord wants you to leave this place with his love and joy in your heart today, no matter your state in life right now. Second, through the gift of Jesus, do you know that God loves you today unconditionally, wholeheartedly, and eternally? He does. God loves you, yes, you. Unconditionally, wholeheartedly, and eternally this morning. How do we know? We know because of Jesus. If God came to Mary, he'll come to you. Even right now, as you reach out to him. Third, friends, do you have a humble heart? Let's be honest. Do we have a humble heart? Do you have a receptive heart? Or is there something in your life that's holding you back? What is that something that might be holding you back this morning? Listen, God's grace is big enough to overcome any mistake or humiliation you may be carrying this morning. It is. And last question, will you dare? Seasoned believers, those of you who've been in church all your blessed lives, listen. Will you dare today to live a life of humility and praise, not just that moment of belief when you came to Christ, but every single day of your life, like a child, like a young person, like Mary. See, that's the wondrous call and invitation of Christmas. Humility, humility. Only the humble heart can allow the grace of Jesus to break in and only the humble heart will allow the praise of Jesus to break out. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story, this invitation. God, would you in this moment remove anything that's keeping us from your love and your joy this morning? Maybe it's shame, sin, pride, declutter our hearts so that we can receive this good news. And God, unleash the praise in our lives this morning. Unleash the praise in our church this morning. Loosen our lips, loosen our hands and our arms. Loosen our hearts. We pray all this in thanks, in Jesus' name, amen.